Jeremiah 23, focusing on verse 29, is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. One of the reasons why I'm personally drawn to this verse is that it takes me back a few years to when I was brand new at college and brand new to faith. Fall of 1989. September 22nd, 1989, I came to Christ. That night, I had a life-changing conversation with a Christian in my dorm who took the time to explain the gospel to me. And it was in the course of that conversation that the scales fell off and the light poured in. It was on the steps of my first-year dorm that night that I prayed my very first prayer as a young man brand new to faith. It wasn't long after that that my newfound Christian friends and I, we decided to memorize some scripture verses together. It seemed like a good way to get me started, and it was. And it wasn't long into that scripture memory program that one of us said, how about Jeremiah 23, verse 29? Seemed like a good verse to get into our minds. Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? And though my friends and I wouldn't have put it this way at the time, I think we can say we settled on that verse to memorize for the very same reason that the founders of the PCA in 1973 said, we're going to be faithful to the Scriptures. And that reason was the power of God in the life of the Christian and in the life of the Christian church. Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. So that's the question that's posed in the verse, and obviously it is a rhetorical question. We know what the answer is. The answer is yes. Yes, the Word of God is like fire. Yes, it is like a hammer. And so the point that God is making here in this verse about His Word is that there is something fiery, there is something mighty about His Word. It consumes and it shatters. There's something fiery And something mighty about his word, it consumes and it shatters alike. Now that one point, that one truth about the word of God, that is a double-edged truth. In other words, it's a truth that has significance both for those who remain opposed to God and his word and for those who have been reconciled to him so that they love his word. This is a double-edged truth. The fact that the word of God is fiery and mighty like this applies both to unbelief and to belief. So let's think about those two. 
That's how we'll make our way now. Let's think about those two sides of this one reality. So first of all, this truth about God's word, we bring it to bear on unbelief. And as hard as it is, we can make it personal. We bring it to bear on unbelievers. The word of God consumes and it shatters. In the case of those who never come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the word of God will be fiery and it will be mighty unto destruction. And this is the point that comes out most clearly in our passage because of its context and what's going on around it in chapter 23. Because as I said, in this chapter... God is thundering in judgment against false prophets. These people who are not of the truth. These people who are not of God's word. These people who are coming up with some alternative, more palatable word that they prefer. And so the point in the context in this chapter is that in God's time, in God's way... His word will consume and it will destroy. And that's still true. Just think about every lie that's ever been told and believed about God. Take, for example, the lie that there is no God. And imagine that lie written in bold strokes on a piece of paper perhaps fine-grade paper. And now imagine that piece of paper crumpled up and tossed in a fire and consumed. That is where history is headed. Or imagine that that lie is a rock, and that rock is held onto with a firm grip Because it seems like it's strong. Seems like it might protect you because of its rocky strength. Or even imagine that it's a huge rock that's set up as some kind of tower or fortress. Because it seems like it might protect you. And now imagine the hammer coming down and shattering it into a million pieces. So that there's barely anything left to pick up. And the lies will be no more. And this is going to come to a head on the last day. The word of God already has that fiery, mighty character. But this kind of judgment will come to a head in the end. This is going to be fully and finally revealed on the day when Christ comes back to judge. On that day, like never before, the word of God will consume... And it will destroy. On that day, it will be the word of God that finally exposes every single lie that's ever been told and believed about God. The law and the gospel will come together and they will expose the lies. On that day, it will be the word of God that exposes those who never believed in God. The law and the gospel will come together and they will bear witness about human hearts and human lives. 
On that day, it'll be the Word of God, and I mean the living Word, Jesus Himself, who comes back and who speaks a judging Word. When Christ comes back to judge, He's going to judge by the Word of His power. In other words, He's going to have something to say. When Christ comes back, He's not just going to come back and do things like the workman who goes about his work quietly so that you're not really sure what's going on in his mind as he does his work. No, Christ is going to come and speak. He's going to come and open his mouth and say things on that day. To those who claimed to do all sorts of wonderful things in his name, but who never really believed in him, who never really loved him, he will have something to say. And according to Matthew 7, what he'll say is, I never knew you. He'll say that. Or to those who never really believed in him and who showed it in the way that they lived, in the way that they mistreated his people, He'll speak a word. He'll have something to say. And according to Matthew 25, what he'll say is, depart from me. He'll judge by the word of his power. In the beginning, God said, let there be light, and there was light. In the end, Christ will say, let there be justice, and there will be justice. Jeremiah 23 is tough. So is the whole book of Nahum, one of the minor prophets. Listen to this verse from the first chapter of Nahum. It says this, Who can stand before God's indignation? Who can endure the heat of his anger? And then listen to this. His wrath is poured out like fire, and the rocks are broken into pieces by him. There you've got the same two fearful images that we have in our verse in Jeremiah 23. You have fire and you have power. You have fire that consumes. You have power that shatters. And that day is coming. And as I said, I realize this is a hard word, and it is inescapably a personal word, because we're not just reflecting upon unbelief as an abstraction. We're thinking here about unbelievers. And I want to say, if there's anyone who's joined us today for this service of worship, whether here in the hall or over Facebook, who doesn't know Christ by faith, This is the day, this is the hour to come to him. Because whatever it is that you're believing instead of the word of God, it's not going to last. It's not going to win. You're up against a word that's like fire and like a hammer. Insofar as you're personally holding out on the word of God, you're not going to win. And this is the day to surrender and to come to Christ by faith. And if you're 
Not sure what that would mean, what that would involve to come to Christ. I would love nothing more than to talk with you about it. Just don't let this rest. It's time to come to Christ precisely because God's word is of the character that we're learning about this morning. Fire and hammer. Now, what about those of us who are in Christ? I was saying before, this is a double-edged truth, right? It applies to unbelief and unbelievers. Well, now we pivot and it applies to faith and faithful ones. So for us, too, it's still true. This word is fiery and mighty. It's still true. This is a word that consumes and shatters. But for us, it's fiery and mighty unto salvation. For our good and not for our undoing. In our lives, the word of God, which is of this character, is used by the Spirit of God to make us more like the Son of God. God uses the Bible as one of his instruments to cause us to grow in holiness. And so as fearful as this chapter is, as we stop and think about this one verse, we who are in Christ have cause for joy to think that God's word is like this. Think about the sin that you're wrestling with in your own life. Imagine it like the dross, the tarnish on a beautiful vase, and now imagine the fire that burns the dross away. The Word of God is used by the Spirit of God to do just that. Listen to this from another one of the minor prophets, Zechariah. Chapter 13, it says this, I will put my people into the fire and refine them as one refined silver and test them as gold is tested. They will call upon my name and I will answer them. I will say they are my people and they will say the Lord is my God. Zechariah 13 verse 9. Fire can refine and make beautiful. Or to switch the metaphor from fire to hammer. Think about the hard-heartedness that you're wrestling with in your own life and now imagine the hammer that's in the hand of your skillful Heavenly Father and just think about how He uses the Word to tear your idols down and to turn your heart into a heart of flesh after all. In our lives, the Word of God is fiery and it is mighty unto salvation. Which is why we can be glad in this. And the reason why that's true for us is that we are found in Christ. And Christ himself bore the fire and hammer of divine wrath in our place on the cross so that we never will. Christ went first. The fire of judgment was poured out on him on the cross. The fatal blow of judgment was brought down on him on the cross. Think of Isaiah 53 where it says it was the will of the Lord to crush him. And that is what makes all the difference for us who are found in him by faith. 
It's Christ who makes all the difference for his people. Now the word of God comes upon us, fiery and mighty, not to ruin us, but to remake us. And why? Because we're safe, we're sheltered, we're protected from wrath by the one who bore it in our place. For those who are in Christ, the fiery, mighty word will forge and it will fashion and the outcome will be beautiful. Obviously, it's not easy, it's not painless to be forged and fashioned, but it's worth it. It's not easy, this Christian life that's all about being remade by the Word of God, but it is life. It is the only real life to live. And so as we find, as we experience, as we feel the Word of God having this impact in our lives. We're not left regretting that we've committed ourselves to it, even to the point of memorizing it. One of the things that's interesting to me now, now that I'm looking back on this, thinking about my own life and coming to life in Christ, I can picture myself as a brand new believer in 1989 with 1989 hair memorizing this verse what would it have been like if at some point during those first few weeks and months I'd have had the opportunity to sit down with an older wiser Christian I can imagine the conversation I say, oh, I just came to Christ, and I just memorized this verse. Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces, and then I pat myself on the back because I memorized it, and I got it all. What I can imagine is that older, wiser Christian giving me an older, wiser, knowing Christian look, maybe with a little bit of a smile on his face. Because what he's thinking to himself is, oh, brand new believer, you have no idea. Or you have very little idea. You barely grasp right now what it is that you've memorized. Because at this point, brand new believer, you barely grasp what this life is this Christian life that you've just signed up for, including being faithful to the Scriptures. Do you realize, brand new believer, that what you've just signed up for is a lifelong Christian life in which you walk with Christ, in which you come more and more under the Word of Christ, and for the rest of your life that Word is going to be burning away the dross of your own sin like fire. For the rest of your life, that word is going to be tearing down the idols in your heart like a hammer. Do you have any idea what it is that you've just memorized? And 34 years later, this morning, 
I understand that in a way that I could not have understood it then. And in fact, I suppose there's a certain measure of irony about the fact that this verse in Jeremiah 23, it must have been an inspiration to my Christian friends and I to go about that scripture memory program in the first place. Think about it. There we were taking this word that's fiery and mighty, a word that consumes and shatters, and we were deliberately getting that word as deeply rooted into our hearts and minds as we could get it, going out of our way to memorize it. Memorizing a word like that. Think about all the things that you might memorize, perhaps for school. You can go ahead and memorize the periodic table of elements. That's not going to burn. It might be a drag, but it's not going to burn. You can memorize the capitals of all the nations recognized by the United Nations. That's not going to hammer and hurt. But when you start memorizing Scripture, think about it. What are you doing? You're taking a word that's like fire and like a hammer, and you're saying, yes, this is the word that I want. And I don't want it at a distance. I don't just want it down the street at the library. I don't just want it on the shelf in my living room. I want it in me. I want it to have free reign in me so that it actually burns away the dross of my own heart and tears down my idols like a hammer. And that doesn't just apply to Scripture memory. That applies to all of the ways in which you take the Word of God and do what you can to get that Word in you. Paul says, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. So every time you hear a sermon and take it to heart, every time you read your Bible and you stop and think about what it ought to mean in your life, Every time you read some book about the Bible that's meant to help you understand it, every time you talk about Scripture over coffee with a Christian friend, in all of those moments, what are you doing? You are handling fire. You're wielding a hammer. And you're doing it with this goal in mind that you be forged and fashioned so that you're more like Jesus after all. And I want to challenge you this morning. My fellow believers, have you lost sight of this? How wonderfully dangerous is the word of God that you have embraced. If you have, look to Christ. Look to Christ to learn again, to tremble. Because this is what the word of God is like. And then, for the very same reason, learn again to rejoice. This is great news. God has spoken. And what he has spoken is a word that will not leave you as you are. That's very good news.
That's why we want to take this word like no other word and get it inside of us so that it has free reign within us. And brothers and sisters, that is why, that is one of so many reasons why we ought to be committed as believers, as a church, as a denomination to be faithful to the Scriptures. Which is what the PCA has been for 50 years. Which is what New Hope has been for 33 years. There are no other writings like these that have this kind of power. There is no other book like this one that forges us and fashions us for God the way this one does. So let's be renewed as a congregation in our commitment to be faithful to these writings. An interesting epilogue to this whole story this morning, and I'll wrap up with this. I mentioned before that it was in the early dawn hours, September 22nd, 1989. I prayed my very first heartfelt prayer sitting there on the steps of my first year dorm on the grounds of UVA. Here's the epilogue. That dorm has since been torn down. Smashed into pieces, the way a hammer breaks a rock in pieces. Torn down so that they could replace it with something new and improved, and they have. In fact, it's an interesting visual now. In that section of the grounds where my first year dorm was located, You see all the brand new dorms that they've built to replace mine and a few others that were knocked down. But a little bit down the road, there are three dorms left that they didn't knock down. And those three look like what my dorm looked like in 1989. And it ain't pretty. It is a striking visual to see what used to be, to be reminded of where I was, in a sense, who I was, which was knocked down and replaced with something far more impressive. Because that's the best thing that hammers do torn down so that they could replace it with something new and improved. There is a wielding of the hammer that is unto glory and not unto grief. There is a fire that burns not to consume but to refine. And in our lives, that's what the Word of God is. That's what the Word of God does. So yes, this Word is fiery and it is mighty. And for that very reason, let's run to it. For that very reason, let's do what we've got to do so that that word dwells richly in us and among us as a congregation, committed as a congregation, as a denomination, 
to be faithful to the Scriptures. May it be so. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we do thank you for your word. Not in spite of what we have learned about it today, but precisely because of what we've learned. We thank you for Christ who bore your fiery, mighty, awful wrath in our place so that we never will. Now we find ourselves in him forged and fashioned unto salvation by your word. We thank you for this and ask this of you that that good work would continue until the day of Christ Jesus. And we pray in his name. Amen.